What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Welcome. Hello, 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 beautiful people. And it's finally here. It's our, here. Our book will be in less than a month, uh, April 19th. But we got our advanced copy to check it out. And yes. I can't wait for you guys to check it out and to read it. And even the audio book, we just finished that last week. So you can uh, pick that up on Audible. So whether it's Audible or a hard copy, definitely order it right now. This book is... Um, after reading the book, because I had we had to read the book, you know, of course, for the audio book and reliving this stuff is like, wow. And I really want you guys to pre-order if you're in a relationship or you're single. I think this will help your relationship, whether it's the things to not to follow that I did or the things that follow that worked for us. I really think it will help you. And I can't wait for you guys to read it. Um, today we are in Benz's house. Um, Benz's Airbnb because we rented out from us <laughs> to use it. Uh, um, you can't see, you can't see it. No, you why can't, can't see I it. see the book? I'll tell you why later. But uh, shout Hold to Benz. I know it. What are you talking about? I put the well part of the podcast is in this book, so you can't see it. Just fall back for a second. Okay. But uh, shout to Benz. This is Benz crib. Benz crib looks amazing. I'm so proud of Benz. Benz has been working me for me for what two years now, and uh, in a year and a half, she purchased her own crib. This is hers. She didn't need a co-signer. Um, she has nobody paying it. She ain't got no man and no one man paying her bills. <laughs> she do it all herself. So salute to Benz and uh, thank you for allowing us to use your crib again. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll be in our crib, but uh, we'll see. All right. Now, today's podcast, uh, I wanted to do something different. Um, of course, we're about to go on a media frenzy. So we're about to be going to <sighs> Good Morning America, Terman Hall. Good Day New York. Good Day New York. Um, we're doing podcasts. We're doing uh, morning shows, afternoon shows, night shows. Live podcasts. Live po- Like yeah. we're doing a media we're doing frenzy. That, what is it called that we're doing in LA, Benz? What's that thing that we're doing in LA? The LA Times... Book festival? Yeah, the LA Times Book LA Festival. Times we'll be book in LA. Festival. Yes. We're doing some in stores yes. at bookstores near you. That's right. So if Hopefully. you're in Jersey, bookends, you just follow us on our Instagram. We're, we're, we're going everywhere. Yeah, bookends LA, in Ridgewood, Ridgewood, New Jersey, New, Jersey. New York, right? uh, Barnes doing and Nobles, Barnes in the and City, Nobles. Yeah, we're doing a I lot. I think mm-hmm. it's a big deal. That's right. So just follow us on I Instagram. I just have to say that I am so excited to physically hold the book. Yes, it's about time. Like, right? you don't understand. Writing it was one thing. Putting it on paper was one thing. Having, you know, a manuscript was one thing, but to actually get to hold the physical book is a whole other experience for Absolutely. me. I don't know how it feels for you. People come on your show and they promote their books, you know, weekly or monthly or whatever. Mm-hmm. To actually have our own tangible book, to feel it, to turn the pages and to be like, wow, this is our creation. It is otherworldly for me. So I personally cannot wait for you guys to read it. I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of it as well. I'm very proud of it. And I'm proud for you guys to check it out. And don't forget, you can always email us thekcgrew at gmail.com. That's thekcgrew at gmail.com. If you got questions and you want us to read it on the podcast, uh, I can't wait for you guys to get the book and we could do maybe some type of live where we go back and forth and you guys ask us questions. But on today's podcast, I wanted to do something different. Wait, before you do that, I want to stress pre-orders. I really, really want to stress pre-orders because there's a lot of pre-orders and we just want to make sure that we can fulfill all of the pre-orders and to make sure that there's enough existing books for drop day, which there will be. But during that first week, that's when book sales go crazy, like when a book, when a book drops. So pre-order if you want the book to make sure that you actually get the physical copy because we've been reposting some of people's purchases on our stories. And it's showing that it's being delivered in a lot of cases on April 19th, which is our pub date. So you will get it on April 19th or I guess maybe a couple days after. So, mm-hmm. Yes. And if you go to the local bookstore, wherever you buy books, make sure you ask for it. So hopefully we can come to your bookstore and we can get it at your bookstore because we would love to go to different cities and, and see you guys. I just want for if you want it, for you to be able to get it, you know, without having to wait. Mm-hmm. And we're treating this like an album. Like if we had an album, we're going city to city, store to store. Because we want to meet you guys. We want to talk to you. We want to shake some hands. We want to talk to you about relationships and all that. So definitely, definitely, definitely. I wish I wish that we could do, um, you know, obviously you do book signings and you sell your book at your book signings and you sign it, obviously, right? I wish there was something that you could meet the people after they read the book. Mm-hmm. I'm dying for feedback. 
Yeah, you know, we'll, like we'll I that. want the feedback. I want people to tell me what they thought about the book. Well, the cool thing about that is, is uh, after the book comes out, we're doing a bunch of car shows. And Gia will be at the car shows. Oh, we, I am. We, yeah, yeah. We'll have, <laughs> she'll be there. You just put me on the car stroll? That's right. Okay. And we will have a booth. So it, that is uh, a couple of months after the book a Gia release. Booth? No, it's going to be in a Casey Crew booth. Okay. So we'll be there. You'll be signing books and we'll be talking to people about whatever they want to talk about, which is a perfect timing. So the first one is Houston, uh, June 19th, which is Father's Day. So come on out. We'll have books and come meet me again. All right. Now, today's podcast, we're going to do a little different. I'll tell you that we're going on this media frenzy. The book's almost here. We've been running around like crazy. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to interview Gear today. And some of the questions that I always see that you guys have for Gear. Uh, whether it's in her DMs, when we go live, you have guys have a lot of questions. Sometimes we don't get to those questions. So I was like, let's do it today. So I'm going to interview Gia like I don't know her. Like you don't know me? Nope. For real? Yep. Let's start it off. Wait, that's... Okay, we're ready for this. What's up, everybody? I'm DJ Envy, and today we have a special guest joining us. We have the lovely, <laughs> talented, smart, bright, and beautiful Gia Casey. Welcome. Where's the applause? There's I no... need like applause. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So well, happy to be here. Well, first of all, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm wonderful. Now you have six kids. Who's watching the kids? Who's watching the babies? Well, we just hired a new nanny. Mm -hmm. So she's with our old nanny who is kind of showing her the ropes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you have this book that comes out April 19th, Real Life, Real Love. Life this kind of feels like an interview. This is kind of strange. This is. I'm I know, but it, it feels that way. You turned that on real good. Okay, go ahead. Ma'am? Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the name of the book Let is Real back Life, in line. Real Love, Life Lessons on Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together. Okay. So let's start right from it. Why did you decide to write this book? Can you talk to me in a more conversational tone? You're talking to me in an, in an interview tone. It doesn't make me feel as being um, as forthcoming as I'd like to be. Uh, Ma'am, I'm interviewing you. I know, but you... We are live but you're on not, air you're not right acting now. like a seasoned interviewer. I am. A seasoned interviewer would make me feel warm and cuddly, as you like to put it. Um, Ma'am, so, Yeah, have... but you're sounding very like... Um, you're sounding too professional, which is actually anti-professional because you don't get what you want out of somebody when you behave too professionally. You have to make them feel warm and cuddly. Well, so why did you get like on your job. See, nope, see, you can't do this. You got to fix up. Fix up. You got to be better at what you do. Come on. I need you to take a more this is personal how, I'm tone. I'm interviewing you. you. I know, but to get what you need to get out of the interviewee, you have to make them feel comfortable. And you're making me feel a little icy. I'm about to leave this interview. I'm here. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm here to help you I'm here to help books. your show. I'm here to help you promote books. <laughs> if you don't want to promote books, you can get out of here. Well, this little clip is going to go viral. So I think that's going to be enough promotion. So I don't really need to do the interview. Mission Why did you write this book, damn it? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the reason why we wrote the book is because, I, can I refer to you as Rashawn or you? Whatever you want. Okay, I can pretend that you're not you. Whatever you want to do. Just answer the question. I don't know. You just concocted this and threw this on me. All right. Um, it's going to be weird if I'm doing like a My Husband and I. Can you, can, you can say me. Can we remix this? Well, why did you write the book? Why, why did we write the book? Tell the people why we wrote the book. Thank you. See, that's better. It's fucking up all my ideas, but go ahead, go. No, you just needed to come with a little bit of a, a little adjusted idea. So, um, for me, the reason why we wrote the book is because we've been through so much. We have been through the most amazing times. We've been through the worst times. We've been through, you know, the loss of my mother. We've been through the birth of babies. Um, we were together at such a young age, so we know what that feels like. We know what it feels like to be in that same relationship through your 20s, your 30s, and to weather all the storms in between. But what's most fascinating for me is at the end of all of that, and not saying that we're at the end of our journey, but at the point where we wrote this book, I'm referring to as the end, at the end of all that, I feel as stated in the in the title, a magic between the two of us that I think is the most beautiful thing that a person can experience. There are a lot of amazing feelings that you can have in this world, 
But for me, there's nothing more amazing than the feeling of genuine love. There's nothing more amazing than that. Coupled with family, I am happier than I ever thought that I could be, especially considering where we came from. Mm. And it's the especially considering where we came from that is most important. And that's why we wrote the book. It's the especially where we came from. Because it's despite the hardships, despite the confusion, despite moments of, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, hate, um, disgust, disappointment, you know, at the other end of that rainbow was love and forgiveness and understanding and a lot of other things that we explain in the book. So I don't want to get too breathy right now, but it was the beginning that was amazing. It was the journey. And now for what I'm calling right now, the end, that is what I feel can be so inspiring. And again, I refer to the word magic. By magic, I don't mean that we're magical or what we have is so special that it's magic. I think that every couple can have their own magic. You know, it's what is it about that person that makes them yours? You know, I was talking to a friend today and um, it started off talking about music. And I was just telling her how much I disliked the music that she listens to. <laughs> um, and uh, she was telling me that she just liked some of the music that I listened to. And I said, you see, that's the beauty in art, as is the beauty in love. Everything isn't for everybody. You know, um, what I love and might what make me want to get up and do the running man might make somebody roll their eyes. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the same thing in love. You know, you can be in love with somebody that someone wouldn't even bat an eye at, you know? So everybody has to uncover their own personal magic. So there's a part in the book where we talk about uncovering your own personal magic, digging to the bottom, the soul of what makes your relationship, your relationship, what makes them yours? What makes that person yours, you know? And we've figured that out. And I think that once you unlock that, that's when you get to the root of who you are as a couple. And I think that's when you turn a corner. That's when you turn a corner. And we've turned so many corners, you know? Another reason why I wrote the book or where I wrote my parts of the book is because we get inundated with DMs and I wish, and emails, and I wish that I could answer all of them. But most of them ask, questions that are along the same thread. And this book was in many ways a way for me to answer all of those questions. So one of the main questions that is asked is, it'll go something like this, um, Gia, I'm in a relationship and I just found out that my boyfriend or my husband or my partner cheated. I'm devastated. I'm humiliated. I'm hurt. I've been crying for weeks. I don't know what to do. I love him. I don't want to leave, but I feel as though I have to. I have my family in my ear. I have my friends in my ear, or I'm so embarrassed and I'm so humiliated that I don't want to tell anybody. I don't know what to do. I need someone to lean on. I need someone to call. I need someone to talk to. How did you forgive? How did you get over it? How did you stay? How did you get back to a happy place? Where are all those emotions now? Where are all of those feelings now? How did you bury them? Do you still have any more of those feelings left? Is there any residue? What do you, like, how, how, how? Because I damn near need an excuse to stay because I want to stay so bad. Some of them, I don't have the strength to leave. I want to leave. I don't have the strength to leave. What do I do? And if I could pick up the phone and have a two hour long conversation with each person that sends something like that in a DM, I promise you I would because I feel like I know because I went through it and I went through it in the worst way. I went through it in the worst way. So I know what I did. I know what works for me, what worked for me. I know what you had to do 
to be put in a position where you could earn back my grace, where you could earn back my love and my forgiveness. I know what it took. And there's a section in the book called What Happened According to Her, and then another section called What Happened According to Him. So Rashawn's is first. And I'm the interviewer. Oh, go ahead. So if you're the interviewer, then Rashawn is still Rashawn. Rashawn's then not you're here. not Rashawn. Don't point at me. Yeah, you point at me. I'm not Rashawn. <laughs> so Rashawn's is first. And he details from the start to the end of the cheating and from a man's perspective why he did it. And he's talked about it briefly, I would say, on the podcast or on a surface level on the podcast. But during those conversations that we've had, um, I pulled more out of you and was able to get you to soul search, to figure out what was it inside of you that made you feel as though that was something that you wanted to engage in. And a lot of people, when they go through something like this, they're not able to pull that kind of information out of their partner. Mm. You go through it and you don't really get the answers. You don't really get the earnest whys. And we got to it with you and you were able to put it down on paper. And I think that that's very valuable because that will help people to understand, women especially, to understand why your partner may engage in something like that. It can explain to you exactly what type of situation can exist where it didn't mean that it was because of you as a woman. It, it, it shows that you don't push somebody to cheat. They cheat because there's something dysfunctional going on with them. And again, it goes into detail, but I feel as though those are things that women need to hear. Gotcha. I'm not done. I didn't say you are. Kidding. I didn't say you are. <laughs> well, we're talking to I'm Gia not Casey. Wait, wait, hold on a second. I'm just, uh, people tuning in, they might not know who you are. I'm talking to Gia Casey. Her <laughs> new book, Real Life, Real Love, is out right now. Life Lessons of Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together. It's actually out April 18th. You can pre-order your book now. Continue on, Mr. Casey. And then for men, I think it's valuable because with men, like you, while it was going on, they may not have gotten to the bottom of why they were doing it themselves. So I think the book is also excellent for men because it'll help men understand possibly who they are um, in this sector of their life or who they may be. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then there's a chapter in the book called The New Deal. And I don't really want to talk about it. It's probably um, one of my favorite, well, it's definitely one of my favorite chapters, if not my favorite chapter, um, just because it really, um, it really outlines the getting back process. And I don't mean getting back at you, the getting back to a place of love and what it takes like step by step, like what does a man have to do or a woman, if you're a woman that is cheated, but in our case, obviously it's a man. What does a person have to do to earn that back, to earn back the trust? And there's just a lot of good, a mm. lot of good stuff. You know, there. I would say this, I wasn't going to go into the whole cheating thing, but since you opened the door, first of all, I want to tell you, you're a very lucky woman. You have a great husband from what I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> so the first question is, um, reading the book, I, I seen that your husband, you know, had, uh, uh, some insecurities. He was, uh, overprotective. He was, uh, overbearing at times. So, I mean, why didn't you leave? You know, if, if there was a man like that with your daughter, how old's your daughter now? 20, 20 years old. <laughs> if there was a man like that with your daughter, right. Mm -hmm. Doing the same, some of the same things that your husband did mm -hmm. back then. Yes. Wouldn't you tell her to leave? <laughs> I would absolutely, no, I wouldn't just tell her to leave. I would see to it that she left. So why didn't you leave? Um, at what stage? See, there were reasons. See, I would love to be able to just answer that question in a simplistic way, right? But to do that would, um, to be dishonest. Well, you did tell a story in the book about one time you were trying to go out with your friends and 
Let me see if I can find it. Oh, here it is right here. Uh, you was going out with your friends. Your uh, boyfriend at the time said, what are you wearing? That's that's showing too much skin. And you said, well, I'm going out anyway. He said, I forbid you to go. And you said, I'm going out anyway. He picked you up and put you in the shower, ruined your clothes, your hair and your makeup. So you couldn't go out. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was the time that maybe you should have left. There were probably 1,200 times <laughs> that I should have left okay. that I didn't. So you want to know why? Why? Why didn't okay. you leave? You know, because you, you would have told your, your daughter to leave. Absolutely. So why didn't you leave, Mrs. Casey? Okay. So as can I was... Can I call you Gia? Yes, you can. Why can you leave? Why didn't you leave, Gia? So as I was answering before, I was rudely interrupted. By the way, did I comment on your poor interviewing skills? Oh, my bad. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I stayed for different reasons during different parts of my life. Um, during the earlier stage, meaning teenager, early twenties, your, um, manic outbursts and, um, the jealousy, the overbearingness, the possessiveness, um, the protectiveness, all of that. And, and just the way that you reacted to me or anything that had to do with me, it being so um, extra, so passionate is really the word. Your passion towards me with an immature mind, um, I took that to mean that you were so in love with me that it drove you to that level of passion. So I would try to break up with you because I knew that's what I should be doing. And then each time I made you work to keep me. And each time you did work to keep me, whether it was begging, pleading, doing outlandish things to create a demonstration of your love, you did it every single time. It was never a cakewalk for you. Do you agree? I don't know you. Come on, stop, for real. Do you agree? This is your interview. I'm interviewing you. Yes. Okay. Yes. It was never, it was never um, easy, you know, and I never made it easy. And not only was it what would get you in those terrible places in the first place that made me feel like, okay, well, he must really love me because only I can bring him to this, um, to this state. But then you trying to make it up to me, you begging, you doing things that I don't think a lot of men would do. That also made me feel as though you really loved me. I just felt as though you couldn't control yourself or that the insecurity or you just being so concentrated on one day I might leave you. I felt as though you couldn't really harness that in. You know, like at those times, we didn't break up because you did anything like cheat or it wasn't about that. It was about you being so controlling and you treating me like a piece of property as opposed to a human being. Mm. So that is kind of what plagued our relationship during the early years, right? Um, why I stayed, then there are other reasons why I stayed during, you know, the big chunk of our relationship, but I'll skip over that. And then the reason why I stayed afterwards is again, because I believe that once I found out about your misdeeds, I think that um, that created something in you that you weren't even prepared for. I think that you suffered a hurt that um, almost destroyed you. And obviously, as you've explained, you never thought that I was going to find out. And then once you did, I think that what you went through was just um, devastating for you and you know you talk in your section about how that affected you and um <clears throat> the depth that you descended to and we won't go there now we won't we're not, no we're not going to yeah, we no we, we will i'm just saying that you talk about it um but i think that sometimes when a person cheats or does wrong a massive wrong in their relationship you know, you'll hear people say something big 
may have to happen to change them. And I think that this was that big thing that happened that changed you because you were certain that I was leaving you. You were certain that this was going to end in a divorce. So there was nothing that you could fake. It was just all raw emotion. So it hurt me to see you so hurt. And um, again, women would ask me, why do you prioritize his feelings? Or why are you concerned about his feelings when you know you were obviously more hurt? And the answer to that is in the book. But in short, it's that's how I've been my whole life. I can take on a lot and I can handle it and keep a brave face and move through it and weather those storms in a way that a lot of my peers I've found throughout time can't or won't. Um, and I felt as though I, I had the wherewithal to still have empathy and compassion and love for you, even though I was hurt. And also, even though it didn't mean that we were going to remain in a relationship, it meant that, um, I was still able to feel those feelings for you, knowing that we weren't, we weren't going to be together, but I stayed because, and if you guys are podcast um, listeners or watchers, you know the answer to this question. Long story short, I was um, made to believe, to honestly believe. I was made to know that that is what God wanted for us. And they can read that part of the book. Yeah, it's, it's such it's, a great part. It's, it's, it's for me, the most important message in the book. And besides, we'll take a cheek now. I'm talking about early on in a relationship when your uh, then boyfriend was insecure. What made you say, and, and, and is your answer that you thought that Ed was showing that he loved you? Even though the things that were done were extreme, I felt as though they were done. It, it was flattering. Mm -hmm. It was flattering in a sense. I felt as though, wow, he's so scared to leave me that it makes to him. Lose you. You're what, so scared to lose you. you mean. What did I say? Leave. Oh, he's so scared to lose me that it makes him want to do everything that he can to keep me contained, to make sure that I don't meet other people, that there's no threat being posed so that he knows that I'll always be with him. That's how it felt. It felt as though you were protecting me against you losing me. So, yeah, that was flattering that someone loves you that much. In hindsight, it's immature mm -hmm. and it's, in, it's massively ignorant. It's ignorant. But as a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, maybe even 24-year-old, that's how I felt, you know? And again, you, it was just these demonstrations of love and excess and you would do anything. If I said, I need you to take 10 feet down the plank and jump off the edge of the ship in the middle of the Arctic ocean, you would have done it. And you'd have been in the water like, is it good enough? I'd be like, okay, it's good enough. And you would swim back and get on, back on the boat. Anything that I said that I needed you to do to gain my forgiveness, you would do it. And those demonstrations, quote unquote, proved to me that you loved me. Okay. Make sure you pick up the book. It's out April 19th. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, I also want to ask about your career. Okay. Is it true that you gave up your career because you felt that uh, your husband was doing pretty well and you wanted to raise the children? So you decided to put your career on hold. Is that true? It's partially true. Well, why? And what made you believe in a DJ? You know, at the time. Why are you changing your voice? I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> because back then, you know, it wasn't cool to be a DJ. He didn't have a career at the time. It was almost just like a hobby, uh -huh. you know. And what made you believe? In, and why did you say, you know what? I'm going to forego my career. I'm going to raise these kids and I'm going to support a man that is jumping into a field that you both had no idea that was ever going to work. I mean, there's a zillion and one DJs and the fact that he made it through, like, you know, how did you foresee that? Like, how? Explain. Okay. So By I'll the way, your husband is a very, very talented yeah. DJ and uh -huh. you're such a lucky woman to be with him. Thank I just you. Want to I say appreciate that. that. Go ahead. Continue right. on. Um, 
Um, okay. And I'm not flirting because I don't go that way. I'm just telling you. Just <laughs> reading the book. Well, go ahead. Reading the book. Got it. Okay. Um, you asked a few different questions in there. Which one would you like me to answer first? Uh, however one you, whichever one you want to answer. Okay. So regarding your career, I never was at a point in our relationship where I was worrying about or thinking about the future. I never thought, oh, he's a DJ. Will he be able to support us? Will he be able to financially raise a family? For me, our relationship was always one day at a time. And the only thing that I was interested in was supporting you and making sure that I didn't cause you any stress as it pertains to your career. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that you didn't have to worry about having a wife that would say things like, you work too much, we don't spend time together, we don't talk. For me, it was like, oh, there's an opportunity, go get it. Oh, there's a trip, take it. Oh, you're going to be gone for how long? A month? Because you're on tour with Fab? All right, be gone for that month. I'll hold it down. For me, it was just always about giving you the mental freedom to be able to chase your dreams. Now, as it pertains to my dreams, yes, of course, I had dreams. I never envisioned myself in my life as a stay-at-home mom or a homemaker, domestic engineer, <laughs> however you want to call it. Um, but the main reason why it turned out that way is because it is what you... I would say demanded, but it wasn't as harsh as demanded. It was, um, it started off as like a suggestion and like temporary. And then whenever I talked about going back to work or working or beginning to cultivate a career, there were always a bunch of reasons why I shouldn't. And the idea of having more children and why start a career when we're going to have another child soon, et cetera. It was often done with kid gloves. Um, but then as time went on, it was more direct and it was obvious that, you know, you didn't want me to work because you didn't want me out in public. You didn't want me, um, I think as you may have put it, uh, seeing what else is out there, because if I did, then maybe I'd be interested in something else that was out there. And, you know, one time it was even put that you, um, I couldn't work. Because if I was working, you wouldn't be able to work because then you would be too preoccupied thinking about what I was doing and who I was meeting throughout the day that you wouldn't be able to be good at what you're doing because um, your mind would be elsewhere. And there were some other things along with that, but I'll leave that out. Um, so I knew where you were coming from. I mm -hmm. knew that it came from a place of insecurity, but for me at the same time, I recognized that it was a good idea because we did just have Madison and we were planning on having Logan and maybe other children. So I was able to give you what you needed also because I knew that it was a good idea for the time. So yes, I deferred my career or my ambitions, I can say. And um, over time, there was just always a reason to not seize opportunities and pursue them um again that's in the book as well so okay and um another question i had um so i want to go back to cheating for just one second i know most men are here like why well, go back to cheating but why didn't you cheat oh why didn't i cheat <sighs> honestly no lie to me um there's a couple of reasons why I didn't cheat. Okay. So if a woman wants to be with, well, first of all, you were my first and you were my only. I held that very near and dear to my heart. And it was something that I was proud of. So to be honest with you, selfishly, I didn't want to mess up that one of one record. Um, 
Two, um, a lot of women, if they choose to be with multiple men, you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like we make our own sexual choices based on our sexual identity. And by sexual identity, I don't mean sexuality, just by who we see ourselves as in a sexual world. Um, for me, I didn't want, I would have never, how do I put it? I would have never compromised who I am and what I hold near and dear to my heart just to spite you. So to do, to, to spite you in that way would have been spiting myself tenfold. Because I really do believe that our bodies um, are not for public consumption. I, that's my belief. That's how I feel. So what I do with my body has nothing to do with what you do with yours unless we're doing it together. So that's the answer. Okay. Let me ask you another question. So when you were in the thick of things, right, and blogs were posting and Blogs were saying stuff. Comments sometimes got a little nasty. Yeah. Now, your husband is very emotional, right? He, he <laughs> Have shoots, you met him? Once or twice. He shoots <laughs> off. He does not care. He'll go back at somebody. But you weren't. I, I wasn't petty. You wasn't petty. You weren't emotional. You didn't clap back. Why didn't you, you know, feel like you had to respond to anybody, any of the blogs or any of the things that was going out on social media? Why didn't you respond? That's a good question. Okay, so the first... I'm a great interviewer, but go ahead. You're continue. getting better. You're getting better as this thing is going forward. Um, first thing is that I'm not a terribly emotional person. Um, I have a good amount of control of my emotions and my actions subsequent to my emotions. So that's number one. Number two, I'm not preoccupied, worried, worrying about what other people think or say, unless there's legitimate merit to it. If there's legitimate merit, then I'm absolutely um, happy and willing to take in commentary of others, even if they're strangers. But if an opinion or a comment is rooted in hate, malice, um, or by someone that loves to see other people suffer, I can't value that comment or opinion. So I can't have an emotion that's attached to that. Because, you know, it's kind of like when they say, um, when someone tells you something, anything, always consider the source. So you can't be concerned with the message if the source is faulty. So you're talking about blogs, blogs, etc. In those situations, the source is typically faulty. So um, I can't... I, logically, using reason, I can't take that to heart. Okay. In this portion of the Casey Crew podcast is brought to you by Adventures of Cairo. Meet Cairo. He's a curious and friendly seven-year-old who's determined to navigate life in the big city. With a little help from his parents and his big brother, Omari. In each episode, Cairo's adventures impart lessons that stick with your kids. Like when Cairo learns the importance of sharing when his school hosts a winter clothing drive. Or when Omari teaches Cairo that the best way to make a new friend is just to be yourself. Whenever Cairo doesn't know what to do, he leans on his friends and family to lead the way. Check it out. It's definitely pretty dope, and my kids love it. The Adventures of Cairo podcast shows that even being a kid is hard work sometimes. You can even have a lot of fun learning along the way. Listen to The Adventures of Cairo wherever you get your podcast. Question. You have six kids, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, don't take this bow, but they all came out your vagina? They did. <laughs> um... How many surgeries did you have? And as far as, <laughs> I guess, oh, you ask what the people want to know, I huh? I guess women call it a mommy makeover or a BBL. Yes. Uh, have you had any of those before? Have you had any surgeries at all? Um, in my entire life? Yes, ma'am. I had one surgery. Oh, what surgery was that? When um, I was attacked when I was 15, I had a scar on the side of my, well, two scars on the side of my face that 
resulted in a subtle keloid. And I had those two scars excised, which means that they take a laser and they remove the scar and they stitch it up um, in a technique that results in less scarring. So I had that surgery. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, no, I've never had any no cosmetic tum- surgeries no or tummy, tuck, tummy tucks or... Take stuff out your stomach. I mean, my butt's modest. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody would accuse me of having... <laughs> Nothing in the face. No, I've never had Botox Botox, or fillers or anything. I've never been poked, prodded, or picked at. No, nothing ever. Okay. I use good skincare though. Okay. Now, um, (laughs) so the book is out April 19th and you guys should definitely check it out. Uh, Real Life, Real Love, Life Lessons on Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together. I would say I just want to appreciate your time today. Mm -hmm. Um. And as we close this out, this interview out, um, and guys, definitely check out this book. I mean, it's it's pretty, it's a great read. I mean, Diddy uh, uh, has a, a reflection in the back. Uh, and, you know, it says... Uh, Actually, the reflection's in the book. That's um, a quote oh, a on quote, the back. A quote, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, ma'am. You uh, should just do says, your research before you interview I people. Did. I, I did. I did. You, know, you should get your terms correct before you have somebody sit down on your couch. You know? DJ MB and Gia Especially K- considering it's your own book. Well, Diddy says. Sorry. DJ MB <laughs> and Gia Casey never shied away from talking about the good times and the hard times. For them, it's not just about having a beautiful family. It's about the work it takes to keep that family together. Great quote, Diddy. 50 Cent says, Gia and MB picked each other and were able to build a beautiful family and successful businesses. They built a life that inspires so many. It makes me wonder what we all can build if we start with the right foundation. Oh, thank you. Um, Clue you know DJ Clue Envy and Gia had a strong bond from the beginning and are the perfect example of soulmates who are meant to be they are a real love story and a true match made in heaven oh thank you you, he was at our wedding yes he was so um, in conclusion in closing this out why should people buy your book oh that's a great question oh now I'm a great interviewer (laughs) I said you were getting better as we moved along um I think that this book um, is an essential work for anyone that is in a relationship, that aspires to be in a relationship, or is just coming out of a relationship, or is out of a relationship and needs or wants guidance. And if you're in a great relationship, I think our book is excellent to help you make your relationship even better. So I look at this book as not just stories, but it's also prescriptive where there are questions, there are lists, there's exercises, um, there are questions and answers. There are so many different things that can, there are so many takeaways and so many ways to take away from this book. So no matter what stage of relationship you are in or are not in, there's something in the book for you. It's very, it's written very broadly where anybody can benefit from it. It's, and it's not surface level. It's written very deeply. It is very thorough. Um, nothing is skimmed over. And if you know me, you know, I go into very great detail because for me, um, I don't like things left to misunderstanding. Um, I like for things to be explained in a way where anyone listening, anyone reading understands at least where I'm coming from. You know, you're not going to walk away from conversation with me or from reading this book, not knowing where I stand, not knowing where I thought or taking it the wrong way. So I think it's very well written. Um, so there's that. Okay. Well, make sure you pick it up. This is a great read, real life, real love. Life Lessons and Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together. Definitely get your copy. Pre-order it now so you can have it on release date. And hopefully we'll see you uh, in a city near you. That was my interview with Gia. So now, I hope you guys... So now, maybe the next podcast, I get to interview you. Next podcast, she can. Um, But usually we do an email here, but I don't want to do an email here. And I'll tell you why not. I was talking to Tamron Hall uh, earlier today. And Gia and I will be on a Tamron Hall show. And she was telling me that uh, she had a fiance. She's married now, but before she was married, she had a fiance Mm -hmm. and they went on vacation. 
And uh, she was parasailing. Okay. Uh, she was up in the, in the sky and he was on the boat. Yeah. And the parasail popped. String popped. The rope popped. That's like your biggest fear mm-hmm. when you're on a parasail. Anybody that wants to go parasailing and doesn't, it's because of that reason. Mm-hmm. What if that rope pops and I just fly away into the universe? Well, she flew right into the ocean. Bye. Wait, 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 wait. So it popped. Mm-hmm. And it came right and down. She, so the parachute didn't lower her down. I would think that it would either keep you up floating or eventually maybe well, lower Well, she said she down. went right into the water. Oh, my goodness. So. I lost wind. Uh-huh. Right. So when she fell in the water, uh, she does not know how to swim. She had a life jacket on, though. She did have a life jacket yes. on, but she did not know how to swim. Uh, and she was scared that the, the, the actual parasail was going to fall on top and she would be able to see and, you know, it kind of suffocate her. Like so, keep her under. Mm-hmm. Oh but you know, the boat is not next to you. The boat is far away. Far away. Because that rope is long. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, let me ask you a question. Her fiance did not jump out to swim to get her. What? So now. Wait, wait, what? What did he do? He said, turn the boat like around. Like what? What was it? Delirious or raw? Throw down your wallet. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> Throw I... Throw down your wallet. That's exactly <laughs> You remember I, that? So, Delirious or Ron? I don't remember which one. So Eddie Murphy. Boat, when the, the house was on fire. Don't let us all suffer. <laughs> so, so the boat spun around. And then uh, one of the people on the boat jumped out and swam to her. Could, wait, could her fiance swim? Yes. He was a lifeguard. He used to be a lifeguard. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want just we're gonna end the podcast right now. There's nothing else to discuss. Keep keep going. So, in that case, what happens now? Now think you, about you get back on the boat, and you find the nearest blunt object, and you go upside his head, and then you th- toss him overboard. Okay. So that's what you say. But let's say Hold on, are you kidding me? Yeah. He was an ex-lifeguard. An ex-lifeguard. Knows yeah. how to swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I mean, but, not. but is, is there any reason why he? I mean, he might have said, "Well, the, the well, what was the reason? What did she say? His reason was for not. Well, she you never, had to get to that part. She, she never asked him because you're a terrible interviewer. You no. didn't ask. She didn't ask him. No, she had to. So I'm asking. There is no. Let me explain something to you. There is no world that exists where the person that fell into the ocean got back on the boat and didn't say, "Why didn't you come get me, mother trucker?" It did that. Doesn't exist. Well, the guys from the boat that was, you know, doing the tour or whatever it was, they yeah. jumped in and got her. But let me ask you a question. Is there ever a reason not to jump in and, and save your fiance? I mean, maybe he had a fly outfit on and he was like, I don't really have my outfit. Well, my, the first thing that maybe came to mind a, is like, maybe if there was a shark. Maybe shark. But in the if water. you just left me to get eaten by the shark, like we'd have a problem too. Right? Like, that's like um, a train is coming. Your kid is on the track. You don't think, well, damn, I might get hit by the train too. You think if he gets hit or she gets hit, we both going to get hit. But I'm going to do everything I can to save her. There is no reason why. So- now, if someone can't swim, I can understand them saying to themselves, um, there's no way that I can help her because I'm going to drown 12 seconds in. So there's nothing that I can actually do. Maybe it, maybe there's something to be said for that. But to just be like, you right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, move your feet. <laughs> Lay on your back. You know, try to float. Like, I can't imagine. He didn't love her. But if they were, like, let's say it's a shark infested water, be like, shoot, if I jump in there, we both did. You're talking to someone that swam with the sharks. So, like, we both gonna die. So, what would you, so it would be over? We wouldn't have flown back to the States together. <laughs> like, it would have been done then. You left me to die. Like, that's different than cheating. And cheating is bad. <laughs> Cheating's like the worst. But if you leave me to die, like, we don't come back from that. Oh, all right. Right or wrong? Yeah, no, I agree. What do you think? No, I agree. What did she say? I'm, I'm interested. Well, she said she didn't... Did the interview air yet? No, uh, it would air by the time this podcast comes out. Okay. But she said that she didn't um say anything. And it was a wrap. Relationship was over. No more fiance. They because he speak. left her to die. He left her to die. So she didn't speak to him at all. He went back and never spoke to him since. Yeah, that sounds about right. I like it. <laughs> I like it. But what, what happened if he had a fear, though? Like, sometimes you just have a fear. 
Okay. He should have feared me dying and him not having a potential wife anymore. That should have been his fear. Are you kidding me? Right. He could swim. What could he be afraid of? He was a lifeguard. You can't be a chef if you don't like food. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, this don't make no sense. Well, right? That's, that's what happened. Right? You can't be a mechanic if you don't like cars. You can't be a lifeguard if you don't like the water. Right? Like, he has no excuse. He wanted her to die. All right. Well. Do you understand what I'm saying? There you have it. Like, there you have it. Did they get to an argument before that? No. Okay. Mm. This is something, something I had to give, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, there you have it. Well, make sure you pick up the book. Real Why life. Why are we doing an email? Hmm? Why aren't we doing an email? You want to do another email? W- that was an email. Oh, you want to do an email? I would like to do an email, yes. All right. Well, let's get to the email of the week. It's pretty long. Hi, my name is Christina. First, I wanted to say that I love y'all's podcast and it really does resonate with my husband and I. I listened to the last podcast, episode 203, and a very good subject came up on that. My husband and I have arguments about that. I wish you guys can elaborate your thoughts on a little bit more. Last episode, you guys spoke on being in the same room with your ex that you had a sexual relationship with. My question is for Envy. What is the time range for you to still feel a way about the ex? I ask because recently this has happened, happened to my husband and I. We were married for 11 years, but together for 14 years. We are 31 and 32 years old now. We have two kids. One is 12, one is five. My 12-year-old boy plays basketball in her middle school, and on her first game, we walk in. Right in front of us was my ex-boyfriend, whom I lost my virginity to. The biggest problem for me is my husband automatically get upset with me as if I knew he was going to be at that game. But this guy hasn't been my, this guy's been my ex for more than 11 years. There were two boyfriends after him and before my husband. So my husband never really knew him or me when we dated. I am more like Gia, uh, like who cares? It's so far behind us and that shouldn't matter. If he says hi, be an adult, say hi and keep it moving. Especially because we are at our daughter's basketball game. Well, my husband wasn't on that same energy, and to him it was a problem for my ex to be there. Well, we then found out from my daughter that his daughter and our daughters are friends. (laughs) And they go to the same school, same grade. Now my husband is pissed because we have to see him more and more and more. Our kids have games, and instead of just rolling with it, he's telling my daughter, well, you're better than her because you are a team captain. (laughs) You're a point guard of the A team. She's just a player on the B team. Shaking my head petty. Be so, grateful that that's not your daddy. Because so, you'd be you wouldn't be athletic either. <laughs> <laughs> so Envy, what do you think of this? What is the statue of limitations? Like at what point is it like, okay, dude? Like we were kids when we dated, laugh out loud. As a man, do you think it's not as much as he's as my husband is acting? You think he's acting a little too far? He's the guy I lost my virginity to. I do also need to mention prior to this, a while back, we were playing adult games at a friend's house. And the question was asked if you ever forgot the person and the day you lost your, your V card to, and most of us girls said, no, you don't know. Gia, do you think it's true? I just want to wait, know. Wait, do I think that what is true? I'm, I'm going to read it again. I do also need to mention prior to this, a while back, we were playing adult games at a yeah. friend's house. And the question was asked if you ever forgot the person and the day you lost your V card to. And people said they forgot. And most of us girls said, no, you don't. Like you never forget. Oh, no, you, of course. You're right. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, do you think it's true? Of course I think that's true. I don't think... Who forgets who they lost their virginity to? <laughs> you have to be mentally inept if you forget. the, Or you have to be a whole whore and have <laughs> ran through that many men that you forget the person that you lost your virginity to. She said, I just want to know y'all's thoughts. Also, Envy, I'm a new real estate agent in Austin, Texas. I was just in Austin, Texas. If you ever come down. I was just there like two weeks ago. You should totally meet. Maybe I can get to a few pointers of flipping houses from you. Thanks, Christina. Okay. Let me think about this. Now, I ain't go front. There's two ways I'll look at this. If he was at the game and we were both there, it wouldn't make me feel a way unless it made me feel a way. Well, we all know what that means. I'm not explaining. I'm gonna break it down. It wouldn't make me feel a way unless he made it feel that way. Unless he made it feel a little funny. If he just said, "Hey, what's up? How you doing?" and shook my hand and kept it moving, I'm fine with that. But if he did something like hugged a little too too hard or kind of like a flirty talk or talk too much, 
it would kind of make me feel away. But if it was just like, hey, what's up? How you doing? How's everything go? Keep it moving. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Secondly, knowing me, my daughter was on the team. She was the captain. And she was on the A team. <laughs> and the other girl was on the B team. I kind of would be like that too. Like, you know what? Tell my daughter, you know what? Back her down a little bit, a little hard. You know what I mean? That was your mama's ex-boyfriend. So you, buy, you let her know who got the real genes in this family. With a, with a real, when we ball out. In this I would do that a little jokingly and playingly. Maybe not jokingly and playingly. I'm competitive. But it wouldn't bother me. I don't think it would bother me depending on how he acted and how you acted to him. If you totally acted like it was nothing, you just saying hi because you're being polite, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. If it went a little too far, a little too much, looking into my eyes a little too like long, then it's a problem. Other than that, I mean, he has you. He has the prize. The fuck he worried about, in my opinion. You got the prize. You Where got was the that goals. energy on the podcast that she was talking about? Hmm? You be talking about two sides of your face. I'm just thinking now how I would feel. It Because you felt differently like no, four weeks ago. It depends on how he acts. Now you go, oh, I got the prize. Before I, I, you I do. be like, I'd be salty. I would be salty. I wouldn't want to be in the same room as someone you slept with. I couldn't, I don't know about y'all, but I couldn't do that. It depends. It all depends. If, if, if it's a small community and it's like, this is over. This is something that I can't, I cannot not deal with. Like, it's one of those things, what am I going to take my daughter out to school and put her in another school? I'm just talking about what you said before. I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, if we're in a vicinity where that's that a real is, conversation. this is totally different. We're not in a club. We're not in a uh, industry event. This is our daughter's game. I'm here for my daughter. He's here for his daughter. I can't change that. I can't be like, you know what, babe, don't go to school no more. I can't be like, babe, we're not going to any more games. So what you're saying is you would take the mature route. In this case, I would, depending on how he acted towards you and how you acted towards him. Okay. What would you do? If I were whom? The wife in the situation. The husband's uh, obviously upset about it. Mm -hmm. He feels away. But I think if he feels away, either he could be insecure like I was back in the relationship, or maybe he senses something, and that sensing of something makes him feel away. What, what do you think? No, I just think that he feels possessive of his wife. And probably, I would assume, that the idea that he has to look into the face of someone that he knows also saw her naked makes him feel uneasy. Um, it's just how he deals with those feelings is the test, you know? Like, is he, does he go home and have an attitude with his wife just because he was in a situation where he had to be in the same vicinity as this other man, you know? Because if he's acting in a way that's unreasonable, then that can't be tolerated, you know? They have to sit down and he has to air out why he's feeling that way. And it could just be, you know, like, I just... I just don't want to look at anybody that I know that you've been with in that way. It just makes me feel some type of way. I apologize. He just has to take accountability for his emotions and, you know, the actions that came thereafter. But that's it. Or, you know, you can always do this. You could always go Evelyn Lozada on her. And, and that might work. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Go Evelyn Lozada. What did Evelyn Lozada do? Like you did might, I miss something else on Instagram? We're going to play the clip right here. You know when Evelyn Lozada was like, pussy, 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 pussy. Stop! What is wrong with you? You, you acting like that, you have Christina. one. Christina, that was so natural. I don't know it's what disturbing. your husband's name is. <laughs> uh, at the next game, you at the game with your husband, right? Well, let's say your husband's name is Will. How do these things pop into your mind? Let's say your husband's name is Will. You might have to be like, Will, this is, yours. <laughs> this is yours. And, and do it in front of everybody so your husband know what it is. Yo, what and is that way, you me? good. That way you ain't got to worry about him. He probably will never go to a game again, but you just do that one time. Like, you see your ex right there, you be like, be like look, Everybody, I want you to know. <laughs> Try that. That might work. Yeah, so that won't work. <laughs> Just in case. Or to the wise, that won't work. Okay, I thought you I thought you meant that Evelyn Lozada did something crazy with uh, Ocho's new girlfriend. Oh, no, no, no wife. No. Are they married? Um, fiance, sure. maybe? Fiance, yeah, yeah. Right? Or something from mm -hmm. Selling Tampa? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, I'm like, did I miss something? No, no, no. Okay. Cool. But anyway, good luck with that situation. He shouldn't be wilding out. As long as he's not sensing anything, there's no ill feelings, he shouldn't have a problem. This is a situation where he can't avoid. He has to take his daughter to the games. The other brother has to take his daughter to the games. Y'all gonna see each other. You might as well be cordial. Deuces up. Your daughters are cool. They're friends. You don't want to ruin that because they might be good friends. You know what I mean? Do you think there's a situation where... The husband can just kind of like forget it and they could even be like cool or like, you know what I mean? No. You couldn't be cool? No. 
You're cool with someone that you keep keep accusing to be my ex, who's not. But I'm just playing with you. But okay, if, so you don't think anything ever happened. Nah, you nah, don't nah, think nah, 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 nah. Rashawn keeps accusing me of having had a relationship with someone who's kind of like resurfaced in our lives. So it was someone that was a friend of mine a long time ago that Rashawn's been cool with. And in his phone, he has it as the person's name, ex-boyfriend, Gia's ex-boyfriend. And it really bothers me because I'm like, yo, like I never even kissed this dude. Like we were just friends. But I feel like you kind of think like something. No, 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 no. I'm just doing that to mess with you. I just do that jokingly. He pulls up his picture and says, Mads and Logan, this could have been your pappy. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Ben, am I lying? How many times a week does he refer to this dude? I'm like, hun, I was 14. Like I was 14, right? Nothing ever happened. And you can't let it go. So I'm not really believing your kumbaya energy in this situation. It is. is. But anyway. Oh, now how quickly it becomes but anyway, right? But okay. Anyway. Can we read one more email? No, no, we got to go, baby. There's no more emails and we have to go. There is. No, she no, has a no, whole no, 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 pile we have to of go. No, we have to go. You just don't ever want to give them more than an hour. No, we have a meeting. No, we have a meeting. We have to go. So we have to say... Why, well, you think if you say it nice and softly, <laughs> then I'm going to be like, okay. No. We have a meeting. We, we have, have to, meeting. Go. We have to go. go. So let's say goodbye right. to the good people out there. Don't All forget right. you can email us, thecaseycrew at gmail.com. And please... T-H-E-E, caseycrew at gmail.com. Make sure you pre-order the book. Pre-order the book. Can't wait for you guys to Yes, I believe that it'll be on your doorstep on April 19th, if I'm not mistaken. That is right. It's our pub date. So we'll see you guys later. I'm DJ Envy. And I'm Dia Casey. And this was another edition of the Casey Crew. Toodles!